Hello and welcome to A Father's Heart, a podcast for Catholic dads, brought to you by the Diocese of Nottingham. This podcast series will explore Patrice Cordier, that is, the apostolic letter written by Pope Francis for the year of St. Joseph. Each month, we'll speak to two dads from around the diocese and explore one of the parts of the document. Each part highlights a different characteristic of St. Joseph as a father. We'll be sharing our thoughts and reflections on this document and how the different fathers from around the diocese try to live this out. Here is this month's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of A Father's Heart, our podcast for Catholic dads in this year of St. Joseph. In today's episode, we are speaking to two granddads. And the reason for this is this podcast is being released just before the first Sunday for grandparents. This has been started by Pope Francis to celebrate, to acknowledge and to thank grandparents for their witness and their support for us in the faith and that very particular role that grandparents play. We'll be reflecting on section seven of Patrice Cordier, which is a father in the shadows, thinking about how a father sometimes has to take a step back not completely, but a step back to allow their children to flourish. And that's why we felt it was a great time to speak to grandparents, and that's even more so in the role of a grandfather. So before we begin the interview with uh, Reg Carter and Peter Broccoleri, who are both parishioners at Good Shepherd Parish in Arnold in Nottingham, we're going to listen to section seven, which is A Father in the Shadows. The Polish writer Jan Dobrosinski, in his book The Shadow of the Father, tells the story of St. Joseph's life in the form of a novel. He used the evocative image of a shadow to define Joseph. In his relationship to Jesus, Joseph was the earthly shadow of the Heavenly Father. He watched over him and protected him, never leaving him to go his own way. We can think of Moses' words to Israel. In the wilderness, you saw how the Lord your God carried you, just as one carries a child all the way that you travelled. That from Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 31. In a similar way, Joseph acted as a father for his whole life. Fathers are not born, but made. A man does not become a father simply by bringing a child into the world, but by taking up the responsibility to care for that child. Whenever a man accepts responsibility for the life of another, in some way, he becomes a father to that person. Children today often seem orphans, lacking fathers. The church too needs fathers. St. Paul's words to the Corinthians remain, remain timely. Though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. Every priest or bishop shall be able to add with the apostle, I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Paul likewise calls the Galatians, My little children, for whom I am again in the pain of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Being a father entails introducing children to life and reality, not holding them back, being overprotective or possessive but rather making them capable of deciding for themselves, enjoying freedom and exploring new possibilities. Perhaps for this reason, 
Joseph is traditionally called a most chaste father. The title is not simply a sign of affection, but the summation of an attitude that is the opposite of possessiveness. Chastity is freedom from possessiveness in every sphere of one's life. Only when love is chaste is it truly love. A possessive love ultimately becomes dangerous. It imprisons, constricts, and makes for misery. God himself loved humanity with a chaste love. He left us free even to go astray and set ourselves against him. The logic of love is always the logic of freedom, and Jesus knew how to love with extraordinary freedom. He never made himself the centre of things, he did not think of himself, but focused instead on the lives of Mary and Jesus. Joseph found happiness not in mere self-sacrifice, but in self-gift. In him, we never see frustration, but only trust. His patient silence was the prelude to concrete expressions of trust. Our world today needs fathers. It's of no use for tyrants who would domineer others as a means of compensating for their own needs. It rejects those who confuse authority with authoritarianism, service with servility, discussion with oppression, charity with a welfare mentality, power with destruction. Every true vocation is born of the gift of oneself, which is the fruit of mature sacrifice. The priesthood and consecrated life, likewise, require this kind of maturity. Whatever our vocation, whether to marriage, celibacy or virginity, our gift of self would not come to fulfillment if it stops at sacrifice. Were that the case, instead of becoming a sign of the beauty and joy of love, the gift of self would risk being an expression of unhappiness, sadness and frustration. When Father refused to live the lives of the children for them, new and unexpected vistas open up. Every child is the bearer of a unique mystery that can only be brought to light with the help of a father who respects that child's freedom. A father who realises that he is most a father and educator at the point when he becomes useless, when he sees that his child has become independent and can walk the paths of life unaccompanied. When he becomes like Joseph, who always knew that his child was not his own, but merely been entrusted to his care. In the end, this is what Jesus would have us understand when he says, Call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Matthew 23 verse 9 In every exercise of fatherhood, we should always keep in mind that I have nothing to do with possession, but it is rather a sign pointing to a greater fatherhood. In a way, we are like Joseph, a shadow of the Heavenly Father, who makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and send rain on the just and on the unjust. Matthew chapter 5 verse 45 And a shadow that follows his son. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of A Father's Heart and today I'm joined uh, by two fathers and they're also grandfathers uh, from the Good Shepherd uh, Parish in Arnold in Nottingham. So I welcome uh, Reg Carter and Peter Broccoleri. Hi Joe. Thank you very much. Hi Joe. So I've had the pleasure of knowing uh, Reg and Peter for quite a few years now from uh, when I worked at Christ the King School and it's great to be able to speak to them today on our episode of A Father in the Shadows and thinking about how as a father do you step back and allow your um, 
your children and then grandchildren to start thinking for themselves, acting for themselves, and sometimes maybe not the exact way that you'd want to do it and try to reflect St. Joseph's attitude uh, in that. So um, first of all, Reg and Peter, thank you so much for joining. It's a great pleasure to have you here. Two very inspirational fathers and catechists in your parish and grandfathers. Um, it's been wonderful for you to say yes to this, and I know we'll get a lot from uh, your discussions. Uh, do you want to just uh, begin by uh, sharing with us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, well, I'm uh, Pete Brooklary. Uh I'm a father of three girls uh, and one boy. Uh, a grandfather of soon-to-be-eight grandchildren. Uh, and I'm pretty worn out, really, <laughs> by the whole experience. But it's been a joyful ride, a joyful journey. Uh, and though there's been mistakes along the way, I guess, um, we haven't turned out too bad. So by the grace of God, here we are today. That's excellent. Thank you very much, Peter. And Reg? Yeah, I'm Reg. And uh, I too, I've, I have three children. Uh, they're getting on now. They've got children of their own. So I've got, well, two of them have. I've got five grandchildren. And uh, as Pete said, it's been, it's been a sort of roller coaster ride from having my children to now seeing the grandchildren come along. And I think in terms of um, letting them go, etc., I, I found it pretty easy as the father, but it does bring attention with your, your wife or partner who may feel a bit more protective and less inclined. And that's been a, a right good thrill to me to be able to see them actually exploring and trying things and being encouraged to do so. And the same is happening with my grandchildren now, although I'm a lot more relaxed with the grandchildren than I ever was with my children, <laughs> having learned from experience. Yeah, one thing I've noticed, especially with uh, my mum and uh, uh, my daughter, she allows her to do a lot of stuff we weren't allowed to do. And she's, only, she's not even two yet, oh, really. So um, a lot more freedom, I think, comes with her uh, being a grandparent than That's a it. parent. Um, so uh, firstly, I'm going to begin with... Um, how have you found the difference between being a dad and being a granddad? And do you think that's changed your view of faith or have, have, have your faith kind of helped you in those two uh, similar but uh, distinct roles, really? Do you want me to start, Pete? Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think with regards to the faith angle, I think uh, it's, it's, it's increased it. It's firmed it up. It hasn't sort of changed it, but it's really firmed it up. As the children came along... One of my sayings kept being, life doesn't get much better than this. And then I found that nearly every time we have another child, it does get more, much better than that. And it's still getting much better than that with the grandchildren coming along. And the thing that increased my faith or deepened it was the fact that the amount of love that you can give a child doesn't diminish, and yet you can give the same amount of love to the second child and to the third and to your grandchildren. And it's... It's remarkable, really, that you don't seem to get full up, although sometimes in the immediate after, immediately after the birth, you feel as though you're fit to explode with the love and the joy that you've got. And, and yet you don't, and then you get more of it. I, I just think that's absolutely staggering. It's made it more, my faith a bit more profound, really, to think that God's got that for every single being on the planet. 
un, un, unfathomable. I just I find it magic. Just helps me. Uh, I enjoy going to church more and more and more. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Reg. That's okay. And um, Peter. I think as a, as a father, you are in the situation and therefore you don't really think about what you're doing, basically. And it's only as a grandfather that you can look back and uh, view it from a distance, if you like, as, as Reg was saying. Um, I don't, while my faith has changed, it's become deeper, but I think that's probably I've learned from my children. Hopefully they've learned from me, but I've began, begun to learn from them. Um, and my faith has changed, become more deep. Uh, I've let go more. So I suppose as a grandfather, as a grandparent, you do tend to let go. And I think you also let go in your relationship with God, if you like. So, you know, you, you trust more. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that's it. You do change. Your faith change and your life changes. Uh, it's different for uh, different people in different situations. I think having three girls, uh, you've not got that. The boy's at you all the time, you know, but then it was a joy to have a boy. Um, see, everybody's experience is different. People are different. I think one of the keys is we've always laughed about things. Um, we've always made jokes about things. We've not taken our, our faith piously seriously if you see what I mean mm. but uh, we've taken it seriously by just bringing our children to mass making it a family thing uh going to all you know if it's Lent the season of Lent or the season of Advent season of Christmas Easter we've em we've em immersed ourselves in all of that as a family uh, and it's to become part of us it's become natural mm. and I think the result of that is that you know all our children still go to church and their children's uh, their children go to, to church and pray. So, you know, something's turned out well, basically. Excellent. That's yeah. most of you can want, really, isn't it, really? So yeah. it's um, yeah. wonderful to hear. Um, this section that um, we've uh, reflecting on this week, on this week, this month, is um, a father in the shadows. And really that kind of, of, we've started to hear a little bit about how we introduce our children to life and reality and letting go and let them decide for themselves. Um, how have you found that of a Catholic dad and then maybe of a granddad? And then also, how have you been, if there a time when you really felt challenged by that and God had to give you that little bit of extra help or you had to turn to him and say, need you here, really? Well, yeah, I, I certainly have. There have been times as a father uh, when I've been praying, but it's more for my children of and to help me to keep them on the right path, just to get guidance. And I'd, I'd, I'd pray quite a lot for that. Because letting them go w was difficult in, in that sort of way, in that you hope that they're going to do the right thing. You can't be with them. But I think one of the things I had was that whilst I was letting them experiment themselves and go out and, and encouraging them to do so from a young age, I, they, they were still... In my vision sort of thing, mm. I I was more or less, I wasn't stalking them, but I knew where they were. And the big thing that we had, because of the trust I gave my children, they brought their friends back to our house rather than them going out all the time. 
So that felt great because their children, their friends, started liking coming to our house because we let them free as well. We didn't interfere, let them just carry on, play music or whatever, get them some drinks and tea. And um, and that strengthened the bond between me and the children. Though they, they felt free that they could go and they didn't feel as though they were rebelling. Mm, yeah. And that was great. Now, it, they, ne- they never grow up. My son's 46, but I'm still giving him advice now, but not interfering. I've got to let him go. It's his, it's his children that we're talking about, my grandchildren. But I just give him a, a little bit of support myself when he's feeling a little bit rocky or a bit worried about any of, any of his children. And that's a very useful thing. That That's helped me that you've had the experience. I don't know how I survived the parenthood bit when I see how difficult it is for my son, but it seems easier for me now that we've had that practice. So the letting go bit is a bit bit um, worrying sometimes, and and you do need to have the, the the ability to pray and ask for that guidance. And I think that just bolsters your spirit, and it makes you know that you're doing the right thing when the Holy Spirit would guide you anyway. So I think it's been it's been like a roller coaster ride. Really want to pick up something said there about um I said thing of really key that um of you knowing where they were and it's like of Pope Francis says like a father in the shadow, not an absent father, not kind of like looking the other way. Oh, but right, yeah. In in the shadow, you're still there, you're still supportive. I think of really good way of expressing oh, good, that, yeah. Reg. Uh, yeah. So something that I was thinking like, how do you do that? And if like actually, yeah, it's not being pulling all the way back, but just being there that they know you're there when you when they need them and kind of being I would say being brave to allow them to kind of take those steps um on their own and what about uh, yourself peter i'm inspired by what reg said and it brings about lots of memories for myself i think i don't think you can have true freedom without it being within limits um and i think that's exactly right what reg said that's been my experience was to let them do their own thing but we knew exactly where they were all the time they were never out in the streets they were always at a friend's house uh, and if they went anywhere um any any do's or parties or anything like that we always said that you must get a lift back you 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 never take a taxi you call us no matter what time of day and we'll come out so we explained to them the risks i think mm. Uh, and we always did that, and that's the duty of a parent to explain those risks and set those limits where they can be free or feel free as possible. But there is no such thing as no limits, and I think that's as a parent you, you have to you know go along with that. As, as, a, as far as sort of letting him go and all this, very difficult. You know, as a Sicilian, <laughs> my father was Sicilian, <laughs> so you know, any time anything was, anything went wrong, you want to protect them. Mm. and pay back the person that's done it. <laughs> so it's a real temptation. So that's something I, I have fought with, you know, and asked God for help with throughout my whole life, really, uh, to help me see things from his point of view, you know, rather from the Sicilian point of view. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah. So as you say, in the shadows, knowing that that, you, that we are there for them, um, but letting them be themselves. And I don't think we... Reg and myself have had any real problem with that. We want them to be themselves. We want them to grow, experience. Uh, but no, we're always there, whatever, whatever, you know. Yeah. 
see as they grow up, I think picking up what Pete said mm-hmm. there, as as your children get older, they m- m- metamorphize into not just children but friends. Yeah, and I I feel very proud of them, and they they're all friends together as well. They they keep in contact with each other as well as us, and the grandchildren come round to see my wife and myself, and like coming on holiday with us, and we take them away and give the give our children a break while we take the t- children off to Whitby or wherever, and they love that. So the kids looking forward, the grandchildren are looking forward to that every year, and uh, my granddaughter who's seventeen, she's the eldest of the granddaughters, she still loves coming. Mm. Which is lovely. There are certain times when you think they're getting so old. You, it's not a question of uh, letting them go. It's whether you can get them to go, <laughs> which in a nice way. Because I wouldn't want my children to feel as though they were fettered or or weren't confident enough to go out into society. Mm. And all three of them have got that in spades. And the pride is that I know I can. T- I used to say to them. Uh, if I take you anywhere and they say you can't come back, that was, that's what would disappoint me. And every time I've taken them anywhere, they say, what lovely children, you can bring them back. <laughs> and then they take it out on me at home by not being so lovely. <laughs> but that, that that's a sort of great pride as well. Yeah, I, I think you're definitely right. Imagine what the world would have been like if... Um our lady in St. Joseph said <laughs> kept Jesus in the family business back yeah, out tables and chairs point, really yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's um, you definitely got to allow them to go and flourish really and yeah. sometimes encourage them in that I think at this point I must say I feel a bit of a fraud because without the wife without Anne <laughs> you know I wouldn't be a good father because mm. you know because she's a good mother uh, it's been a joint effort all along um, and I think the main thing about the children, I'm sure it's the same with Reg, that they know they are loved for who they are. You know, it's not what they do. They make us, you know, we're proud of what they do and their achievements and their own children, uh, but we just love them for who they are. And that's and that's the main thing. So they know that. They don't have to prove anything to us at all. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they have our love and we receive it from them. And that's all we ask. And so and I, I think that's it then. And if you've got that relationship, then faith comes easy. Yeah, mm. I don't think we've we, we've struggled with bad times. All of us have, and it always tests our faith. But there's an atmosphere of faith in in a loving family. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. You know, and that's always there. The faith has developed, but that that atmosphere of faith has always been there, mm. and that's kept us together. I think. Yeah, I think you're right to actually stress the importance of. Uh, the wife or the father as a team mm. um, when that's possible uh, because once you've got the team working there you, you can set those boundaries those limits in agreement with each other which leaves no doubt in the children's minds because children are very good at playing one off against the other <laughs> if they came in and asked me for an ice cream and I'd said no I could guarantee they'd be in another room somewhere asking my wife can I have an ice cream she'd probably <laughs> say yes <laughs> so, we, but those little things we didn't mind. The kids knew that we were talking to each other about that, yeah. so knew they couldn't get away with things that we didn't want them to. If, the, if it went over a boundary, if you see yeah. what I mean, yeah, absolutely. As a Sicilian, there was plenty of ice cream in there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what prompted my thought. <laughs> um, 
So the quote that uh, jumped out to me in this section, which was um, from uh, Pope Francis, and that's uh, of uh, fathers are not born, they are made. So um, how would you resonate with that, of that kind of experience, uh, of that time with your experience of a father or maybe even of a grandfather? Because he was speaking also in that part about saying that how actually some people are fathers who are actually aren't biological fathers. They kind of step up uh, for people. So... Um, What's your experience around that? Yeah, so we, we've almost touched on something like this mm. when we were driving here, Peter and I, because I, I I sort of feel as though fathers are made because when we had our first child, we'd had no sort of training. We weren't developed as a father. We were just there and we were sort of winging it in a way. Yeah. And you learn on the job, as it were, but it's, it's the joy that the child brings to you that makes you inherently a good father. And that's very, very true. I've often thought about that, the stepfathers that come come along mm. in various things, but not the biological father, and yet they're fantastic fathers. It's an innate thing. And I think partly to do with the beauty of the relationship they have with the other person. Mm. And if they've got that relationship, the kids have got a much stronger base in which to actually get that dad-in-the-shadows business going on. Yeah. And will feel that love and respond to any father that is there for them all the time. And I, I greatly admire those that take on that role and foster parents, etc., and adoptive parents. They do a fantastic job. Um, and yeah, I think I think they are made. I think a father is made because it's not something you can learn. You only learn you teach yourself as you're going through. Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. In one sense, I think. A father is born in the sense that my family, my mum and dad, as parents, they've obviously given something to me and helped me to be uh, who I am. But it's definitely me. There is a distinction between a dad and a father, isn't there? You know, mm, you might yeah. have, you know, given birth to the child, the mother, the father. But to be a good father, to be a good dad is something that, any, anybody can do, if, if you like, given the right circumstances. And the effort. It takes effort. Yeah. Um, and you grow in it. Mm. You, you grow and you make mistakes as your children make mistakes. So we make the mistakes. You know, I think people think, you know, that children look at, look at us as being perfect and we're certainly <laughs> not perfect. So we're improving all the time, I think, you know. Um, so, yeah, I agree with, with Reg there, I think. Father is made. Yeah, excellent. Um, I was just thinking um, of talking there. How have you found? Um, b- we've talked a little bit about uh, the difference between a father and uh, like between a dad and a granddad. How particularly have you found it of a Catholic granddad and trying to like pass on the faith and things like that and that uh, and encourage that way and praying uh, with your grandchildren or doing different activities? Have you found that um, different to how you imagined it might be or? Um, a joy challenge. <laughs> I I, fo- I found it easier with my grandchildren because, for some reason, I found it harder to get into the practice of prayer with my children. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went to church regular. I think the hardest challenge is if your children don't go as regular once they once they left home. Yeah, and you keep beat it. You can't beat yourself up about that. But it's their faith, and they might still have faith, but they don't necessarily follow the. The, um, the, the the teachings of the church in the way that I would like them to. 
Yeah. And that's just a frustration they have to live with because you can't expect them to do just what you want. They're mm-hmm. their own people, mm-hmm. like, like Peter said, and they're good people. And that's, I don't care what they do or what they do as a work job or anything, so long as they still remain nice people. And so my focus is on my grandchildren more than my children now. And hopefully it's made easier with them being in a Catholic school, I have to say. There's some children taking Holy Communion that do not go to a Catholic school because of the system now, I suppose. Mm. But they're still very good, but it must it's a lot harder. They don't get the same daily faith life that they do in a Catholic school. Um, and I still feel those parents are doing a super job as well. Absolutely. Because yeah. when they're bringing them to the, to the Mass, the children know how to behave, what to do, and when to do it, which you couldn't tell any difference between them whether it's a Catholic school or not, because they're still getting good teaching. Mm. It's just that the Catholic teaching, I think, adds a little bit to the life of the child and the parents. Absolutely. Makes yeah. it a bit easier. I feel sorry for those parents that can't get in because we're oversubscribed. Yeah. And they don't have any choice in the matter. Even this, it's parental choice. Yeah. There isn't when all the schools are full. <laughs> Absolutely. Of um, reflecting it, saying their edge and uh, thinking about my own granddad, actually. And um, it's, a, I, th- I think, a, a great um, experience, actually, seeing your grandparents uh, carrying on the faith. And there's something Pope Francis has spoken uh, a lot about, and particularly talk about uh, First Holy Communion. I know. From my experience with the parish catechist, probably many that it's the grandparents sometimes kind of encouraging these opportunities to kind of re-engage with the faith, these important sacramental milestones in our lives. And it it can be sometimes the great evangelist in the parish are the grandparents, really, yeah. of their reaching out to their children and the grandchildren. Uh, yourself, Peter? I think as a... I agree with all that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I could stop there, couldn't I? Uh, but as a, as a father, you're in more control of things, aren't you? Yeah. So uh, you know we're going to church as a family, uh, and it helps that my wife's Catholic from a Catholic family. I'm a Catholic from a Catholic family. So we're, you know we're singing from the same same song, same hymn sheet, if you like. <laughs> um, as a grandparent, it's it is different because. Um, I have two of my children who are, who are married to non, or three of the children married to non-Catholics. Um, so your role is slightly different. You mm. you can't interfere. Uh, you have to. So it's more about um, trusting God more. Yeah. Praying more for them and their situations. Uh, it's still giving that example. We still go to church together. Um, you know, um, and we support them through their the various milestones. You say, you know, first communion and uh, and confirmation and all that. So it's it's just give me that example still, and being yeah. happy uh, and joyful when we're in mass. I mean, this is something that Reg often talks about. We should uh, certainly come in with a smile on our face and 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 go out with a smile on our face that we have actually, you know embrace that gift the Lord has given us there. Um, so it's giving that example now as a grandparent, I think. You know, a lot of it is out of our control now, so we might as well let God sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows what he's doing. Let him go more. I think you've got to let go more, I think. Yeah, but okay. as a Sicilian, you still, <laughs> you still want to step in, and it's really hard, but, you know. 
there you go yeah i can understand that uh, being from eyestock uh, so my my dad's dad lives just outside of uh, well, uh, the village of knock in ireland so where uh, oh, yes. the uh, marion uh, shrine so he spent a lot of time until he um uh, got quite well just helping out around the shrine which was yeah. a lovely thing so kind of quite well known around there so a great example to us and then um, my mum's dad who had a much stronger relationship because he uh, had more time with him he uh, lived longer I remember one occasion um, when we went to see him we went to the and then we went out uh, to the um, to the seaside and came back one evening and we're like oh it's got back quite late it's like night uh, after nine, it's all it's all gone dark, and middle of countryside in Ireland, it, it's gone dark. <laughs> and we, we went into the house, into the main room. My mom turned on the light, and he was still sat there. He was like, up, he was still waiting for us to come back, and he was praying in his room. I remember um, my mom saying to him, "Like, Dad, why are you sat in the dark?" <laughs> like, and his response was, "Am I?" Because he was so into praying his rosary that he hadn't even uh. realised it gone dark, and that moment stuck with me really. Of <laughs> that, of kind of my inspiration in life, and kind of prayer to have that and to him it probably was just a very small thing of just praying your rosary as you did every day but to me that was something that was uh, quite inspiration for i think the witness of um grand grandparents especially grandfathers is a uh, wonderful in that and oh, okay. uh, uh, one other story of <laughs> kind of reminded me of you said um peter of, like trying to stand back i remember um he liked to be early for mass in about half an hour early and um uh, my, I remember one Sunday when we were crafting Ireland, my brother was ironing a pair of jeans and he was like, why are you ironing them on a Sunday? And he was like, well, I'm wearing them to mass. And he was like, you're wearing jeans to mass? <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> so, so they, and he was like, he was like trying to stand back. He was like, he, was like cause he really wanted to say, you can't wear jeans to mass. But he was just like, I'm going to leave now. So he arrived at mass that week about an hour early. <laughs> <laughs> my mum still says that to me. If I go around on a Sunday and said, where have you been? I said, I've been to church this morning. Not dressed like that, you haven't, have you? <laughs> I said, well, no, I've got, I've got changed since then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent. So um, the final thing uh, we're going to ask you and I'll release you back into uh, uh, the world is um, any tips, any final tip for Catholic dads or granddads who might be listening? Yeah, um, I think the main thing is patience. Develop your patience. And... Keep thinking about what what happened on the day your child was born, just how much joy that child has brought into your life. And it, you're going to get angry sometimes if, if a child's being disobedient, but you can be very quick to forgive as well and ask their forgiveness. If you fly off the handle a bit, it's not the end of the world. But it used to really destroy my, my thinking if... If after a look, particularly a lovely day out on the holidays, mm. you've had a fantastic day and the kids are getting tired and you'll keep them up a little bit too late and then they start bawling. And, and I think, oh, no, what is sport of the day, crying at the end of the day. But they wake up next morning very resilient and can't mm. wait for the next day to come. Yeah. And so it's that feeling heart-rending that when, when they're upset, I get upset. And so my son is remarkable. He remarked to all his friends that I'd never once hit them. Mm. And when that was de rigueur when I was a, when I was yeah. a young father, I mean, it was, you could see them hitting people, the children in the street, which always sent a shiver through me. So it's it's patience, resilience, and also um, be humble. Don't be arrogant. And listen to your children. Watch them, because you can learn a lot from them. 
particularly in faith. They have a natural faith that they are totally unembarrassed about until you knock it out of them, if you're not careful. It's the parents that make children's faith dissipate in their mind and their heart, even though it's still there. And it's also the parents that can actually fulfil that faith and help it to grow. And that's the, just listen to them, to enjoy them and have faith in them. And it makes it slightly easier. It doesn't get rid of the, the downs. It doesn't get rid of the worries when they're ill. It doesn't get rid of the fear if they fall off a wall or something like that. But it does help you to deal with your own angst. Because you have to remember it's them that have hurt themselves, not you, although you feel their pain. Mm. And I think that's a nice thing to do, feel the pain of your children and feel the joy. Yeah. We, t- we sometimes forget the joy bit, I think. We're just looking at the bits that annoy us and irk us. And yet there's so much more of the time when you work it out. It's maybe less than 1% of the time that you get really uptight with them. The rest of the time is joy. But it's, you take it for granted. Yeah, so don't true. take things for granted is another tip. That's what I'd say. That's excellent, Ray. Thank okay. you very much. No doubt. He's always hogging the line now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> PT should have gone first on that one. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to stick to something simple, which was our experience, that what the children want most from you is your presence. Mm. So, you know, we never, we never flew them off to Florida or Disneyland or all this kind of thing. We just, you know, we did, I had beach holidays. Uh, it was never the amusements. We just played with them on the sand, did simple things. And they're the holidays the kids always remember, just just being with them, spending time with them, working together as a team, the wife and yourself, um, battling through the, the bad bits and you know, uh, finding joy from the good bits, basically, and just sticking with it. I don't think there is, I don't think I'm the, the best one to offer any tips, really. Because <laughs> um, it's, you know, yeah, we've got through and now we're grandparents and now we're looking from a distance. But, you know, it's a big effort, but I wouldn't change a minute of it um, for the joy that it that it's brought. Uh, at the time, it doesn't feel like joy. And yes, as Reg said, we didn't, you know, you, you don't hit your children. They're just quite too fast for me anyway. I couldn't catch them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's, be, it's, it's it, you know, I don't. Well, everybody talks about journeys, but it's been a, a roller coaster, really. Uh, it's been fantastic. And I think the Lord's always been at the centre of it. But we, sometimes, as a parent, you don't recognise he's there so much. Mm. But he, he is there. Uh, and as a grandparent, you, you tend to realise that a bit more. And you turn to him more. So, you know, prayer's got getting me through the grandparent stage now uh, and helping with that, with me with that, I think. Uh so no tips, just, you know, just be yourself, be self-compassionate, but be involved, put everything in it, work as a, work as a team, don't stand back, basically. Change the nappies, gentlemen. <laughs> Let the kids see that you wash the pots, do all the things, you know, help you, you show love for, you, for your wife and things like that, and the kids will respect that. Um, respect both of you. Amen. <laughs> That's the end of the sermon. <laughs> That's brilliant. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful conversation. I've definitely have quite a young dad here. I've kind of been making a lot of mental notes scribbling down. I'll, I'll be returning <laughs> to this podcast many times, I imagine, uh, particularly about being patient. Um, 
So uh, before we finish, I'm wondering if you both like to uh, lead us in prayer, praying for those who are um, listening. So there might be uh, Catholic dads or or granddads out there who kind of this might be coming at the right time for them. So if you'd like to uh, just conclude our time with, uh, from prayers, that would be amazing. Well, given the nature of the podcast and the talk that we've had, I'd, I'd like to say the Our Father. Excellent. Yeah. So shall I start on that, or do we do it together, Pete? Yeah, we do it together. Right. It together. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we right. all do it? We're yeah. all down. Yeah, we? yeah we all, all are. Better. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you both very much for joining us. You're welcome. This is our first podcast recorded in person in quite a warm day. Are we off now? Uh, not, not quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. But yeah, what we're saying. <laughs> so um, wish you and your families a very happy summer. Hopefully you get to spend a lot of time with, with the grandchildren over the coming weeks with the schools closed. So uh, God bless and uh, do uh, listen out for our next episode. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Bye. Bye. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this month's episode. Hope that you've enjoyed it and please remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Also like to encourage you to share with friends and family so that we can encourage more dads to be like that example of St. Joseph and we can have a wonderful impact on our church and our society. Until next time, God bless and may St. Joseph pray for us and inspire us.